Welcome to Me Time, the podcast for women in midlife who've been taking care of everyone else and now say, it's my turn to take care of me. I'm Kim Aceto, health and self-care coach for women in midlife and your host. Thank you for spending your precious me time with me right now. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today I'm here with Kara Pollard. Let me tell you about Kara. Kara Pollard is the CEO and founder of Kara Pollard Coaching, CPC. CPC partners with corporations to support parent employees. They develop transformative programs to help people parent successfully while working. They also partner with schools and organizations to provide parent support groups, workshops, and teacher trainings. Kara also offers individual coaching services to executives, families, couples, men, women, and teens. She transforms lives by drawing upon her in-depth background in her legal and academic experience. She's a lifelong learner and is highly trained in a variety of disciplines. She is a PCI certified parent coach trained in DE and I initiatives and conflict resolution and mediation skills training. Kara creates the scaffolding individuals need to meet the demands and complexities of our modern world. She also hosts the podcast Mindfulness at Work. Kara, welcome to the Me Time Midlife podcast. Well, Kim, it's such a pleasure to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. I'm really looking forward to talking with you about our topic here of adult children. But before we begin, I'm going to ask you the question I ask every first time guest, which is what do you enjoy doing during your me time? Mm. Well, it's so um, wonderful that you ask that and that you have a whole podcast about it. Um, <laughs> it's it's kind of a deep question for me. And um, I'll tell you why. I never knew that I needed me time. Um, I was abandoned as a child for a little bit. And so I always had a fear of abandonment. And um, after working through that as an adult, I realized that what comes with that is that you never wanna be alone. And so if I hadn't done the work to figure out why that was, I would have just thought, oh, well, that's me. I never wanna be alone. Um, you know, it's just who I am. And so, when my husband went on a business trip, my mom would spend the night with me or even my roommates in college would joke, you know, that Cara never wants to be alone. Um, but it was until maybe 10 years ago, I started really realizing how anxious I was from always being around people and always serving them. And um, somebody said, you know, you need to just think and look out the window. So, I did that and I really looked over my shoulder like each way thinking I'm going to get in trouble for doing this. I mean, I felt like I always should be with someone I always should be doing, always accomplishing. And I realized after I sat with it and really forced myself to look out my living room window, how much joy and creativity and imagination that I was really able to tap into, which then helped me with um, an immense feeling of calm and just problem solving capabilities that I'd never had access to with my, oh, I just am the type of person that never wants to be alone mantra. So I think that when you 
carve out time for yourself, you find answers that you never knew would be there. So that's why I feel particularly passionate about what you do and how important it is, particularly during this time for mothers. But me, myself, right now, I just love when I'm alone in my home. I love reading. I love doing yoga, Pilates, a combination thereof. And then walking in the woods is one of my favorite things to do for me time. Mm. Wow. Well, perhaps the, the deepest answer to my first question <laughs> so far, Cara, I think you got the award for that one. <laughs> but let me tell you, thank you so much for sharing that. I mean, that's what I love about this question is that, I mean, we just, I just get so many just wonderful answers and everybody's answers are wonderful because anytime you take time for yourself um, is great. But uh, gosh, I feel like we could have a whole podcast episode just on um, you know, those feelings you were sharing about being alone and being around people and, and all of that, what you've discovered about yourself. So um, thank you so much for, for sharing that with us today. Well, thank you for, for having the Me Time podcast. I think it's just so wonderful and people, I don't think, realize how important it is. And I didn't mean to jump into something that deep, but really it does spark that within me that it's so important. And when I coach parents, I, I have to tell them, even if you go into the closet, even if you just go into the bathroom just to get away from it all or in your car. I mean, we were seeing that during the pandemic, but I it, um, had, you know, specific clients that, that had to do that. And, and I was able to know that that would help um, just from working in the field that I do. Like um, I actually was coaching. I family who took a trip back um, to a different country. And we coached all about how she was going to deal with her mother. And, you know, she was at, in a completely different time zone and called me or, you know, set up a, a Zoom call from her closet in her childhood home to wow. say, you know, I'm about to lose it with my mother. What do I do? And so we had to go back to what is your intention for taking this trip and why are you there and how are you letting some of those um, other factors come in and kind of derail you from the whole reason you went in the first place? Mm -hmm. So closets to me, are, <laughs> it's, a, it's a great place to go to have me time. If, if you need it, it could be a very big respite or savior for yourself. Right. So what you're saying is it's okay to go back into the closet at times. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> right. Well, that's great. I, I know that I have, um, I definitely have uh, clients who, who do things like that as well. Um, even if it's just 10 minutes of time alone for themselves, um, it's so, so important. Um, so Kara, I mean, this is a short podcast, um, you know, based on just how much, you know, so I know today we're just going to really just scratch the surface of, of being, um, an adult with children, with, uh, adult children. Mm -hmm. Um, so I am going to have you back to ask, to ask you some specific questions from uh, the ladies in my me time midlife community on Facebook, but Today, um, let's just kind of, like I said, you know, scratch the surface, just get an idea of, um, you know, what you do, how you help your clients and, um, you know, give listeners some things to, to start thinking about. Um, 
So let's just start with this question that I came up with that I think uh, listeners would really be interested in. I know my community is, you know, what, what might be the difference, if anything, uh, between parenting a young child and an adult child? Because I don't know anything about this. So, <laughs> so educate me here. <laughs> so um, it, it, you probably do because it's pretty simple. Um, I would say the biggest difference is you have no control whatsoever over your adult child. Now, you really don't have control over any human being even a two-year-old, right? Like we tried to exert control, but we don't really have control emotionally over any other human being, even though we wish we did, particularly as parents. I mean, that is like kind of my main question I'm asked is how do, how can you help me just get my kids to do what I tell them to do when I tell them to do it. And that's a fallacy that's never going to happen, whether it's a two, a 10 or a 20 year old, and certainly not a 30 year old. But I guess the main difference is there's certain things we can take away. There's certain, you know, uh, constrictions we can put on our children, whether it equates with the outcome we want or not, we still can exert them when they're younger and in our home. I think the work emotionally certainly might be just as difficult um, as to how much labor you have to put into your relationship, whether they're 10 or whether they're 30, right? Because when you love someone that deeply, you still have to work hard at a relationship, but you have zero control, um, I think, over your adult child. You can't ground them, you can't punish them. They certainly don't have to listen to you about anything. What you want is to foster a relationship where what you say means something, it carries value, it carries weight, based on past history and based on the um, all of the you know investments that you've made in that relationship over all these years. But I think on the surface, that would be my answer to what the biggest difference is. Does that make mm -hmm. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, basically the biggest difference is you don't have control <laughs> over your adult children. And I think... Um, parents of adult children listening could definitely say, yeah, that's assembly true, but you do have, what, what you do want to have is, is an influence in their life is what you're saying, right? So that your, your advice or whatever that is, your parenting holds weight in their decision-making and things like that. Right. And that's ultimately what we want as parents. Um, and it's not necessarily that we're right. We have to we have to recognize that if you're in relationship with someone, what you think might be best for them may actually not be. Um, so it's a it's a big give and take. It's a big endeavor. It's a big commitment. But I think it's the most important one of anyone's life, right? What this relationship is so long lasting. It's um, you know, can be what, 70 years long, right? And um, it's one that almost everyone that I've ever talked to wants a really good, deep, you know, um, thriving relationship with their children for their entire life. And then when they're gone, whatever relationship that they had with them is 
energetically going to be there because that child is still here with their children or with their relatives and whatever you did with them will be carried on. So I think it's really important to look at, um, even though that sounds so simple, that the biggest difference is control. Um, I think knowing that you can really commit to this relationship because ultimately it's going to last beyond your time here on earth is, you know, pretty profound, but it's, it's actually true. Mm, that's a really great point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Cara. Okay. So now I'm going to ask you kind of this question on both ends here. First is, you know, what do adult children need from their parents? And then on the other side, what do parents need from their adult children? Mm-hmm. So that's a great question. Um, and I love the two-sided part of it. Um, so let me first answer this in a ma- on a kind of macro level. Everybody needs to feel seen and heard. Young children, you know, adult children mm-hmm. of parents, even parents of adult children. That is, as human beings just a universal thing that we all need to feel seen, safe, heard, validated, honored, all of those things. Um, Often we act in ways that don't value what someone else says, that don't really see them for who they are, that don't really make someone else feel secure. and that's that's a very sad thing because we do it so unconsciously because if we were conscientious about it we wouldn't consciously make someone feel less than or make them feel unvalidated or not seen but we as humans when we're in our operating in our lower brain state have a lot of busyness going on and don't have room because we haven't taken the me time, Kim. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so we're not offering that space for um, quietude, for being able to see someone else for who they are, for, for being able to honor and validate someone else, because we're too busy in our low brain, in our head, in our own state of fight or flight, that, you know, we're fearful all the time and feeling like we have to prove ourselves. Um, that we're not seeing that someone else has that that same thing. So I think adult children, again, on a more of a micro level, still need what they needed um, when they were little kids. They need their parents to um, be their biggest supporters, be their biggest cheerleader, you know, really just think that they walk on water. I mean, you know, I, I can say that about my parents, like, who thinks I am the best parent coach in the world, but my parents, you know, and it's something that, or, you know, or that I have the most, you know, eloquent words of wisdom, which I don't, but I mean, you know, there's so many people who obviously have different skills and maybe even better skills, but my parents think that I have so much wisdom and, um, and I, I, just am so grateful that I have two people who really see me in that light, who really love me in that way. And it does buoy me up and give me armor to go out into the scary world and be 
who I am. And so it's, you know, one of the biggest gifts that I've been given. Now, sure, do they let themselves get in the way of that? Of course. Um, but for the most part, if push came to shove, I know that they think I am one of the best people on this planet. And so I hope to impart that to my own children because I know how much it's really helped and supported me. Mm-hmm. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it just, it just reminds me that we just, we still have those needs as, um, as, as children and I'm not a parent, but you know, I'm, I'm assuming similarly. Right. So yeah, that's, that's really interesting now. Yeah, go ahead. Did you have something else on that? No, I was, that one? I was gonna say oh, a, yeah. a follow up parents need from their adult, adult children, some of the same things. Um, but I do think that this relationship it starts as a very, you know, giving relationship in that parents feel and they really are more in servitude to their children. And I think that aspect does continue. I mean, until maybe you're caring for, um, you know, an elderly um, parent who needs your care. But for many, many years, I think that parents are serving their children, but by the same token, I think parents can learn so much from their adult children. They can learn from their two-year-old child, but if they're (laughs) open and willing, they can learn from their adult children. Um, But they also need to be honored and validated too. It's it's just somewhat different, Um, but I think that we as children forget that we, we just, it's, it's kind of how the relationship goes from the start. And, um, and we forget that not all the time, but I do think that if somebody said, what, you know, what do parents need? What would make them feel better about this relationship? What, what would make them um, more inspired to really continue to try hard? And I think it's just maybe even a, a note notification, whether it's you know, in the written way or verbal way, or even a look or a hug is um, gratitude and validation to them for all that they've done. Mm, Right, right. All those things speak, right? (laughs) Yes, yes. I mean, and we really do feel it. um, And I know that my clients feel it. They, um, again, sometimes we just forget because we're so busy or so in our own world that we forget to do that for people in our lives. And even one sentence, once in a blue moon, it it just carries so much weight, I think. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, during this pandemic, so I live in Vancouver, British Columbia, my parents live in Los Angeles, and I haven't seen them since December 20. 19, I think. So, um, so it's been, it's been quite a while and I'm an only child. I'm pretty close to my parents. Um, so it's been, this is the longest we haven't seen each other, 
but we do try to, you know, communicate via phone. Um, they're not big zoomers. So, or, or the, you know, FaceTimers and all that kind of stuff. So we do the best we can just with phone and, and that's great. And, you know, they will drop whatever they're doing to, to talk with me, you know, they'll pull off on the side of the road and, and talk with me because it's a convenient <laughs> time for me, right? Even if it's not for them and just all those little things. And then we've sent each other, you know, little care packages. And um, I think the most special part of that for me has been, you know, seeing the writing, seeing my mom or my dad's writing on the package and just recognizing that and just feeling close to them because I can see that writing. I recognize it. And it's, I know that their hand was right there and they, they touched the items that were inside the box with their hands that I, I know so well, you know, all of those different things. And, um, so anyway, <laughs> I know I'm talking about myself, but I just wanted to share that that has been really special for me um, to stay connected with my parents. It's such a beautiful image that you just described because we all know what our parents' hands look like and what those hands have done for us and how much they mean. And the fact that you haven't been able to touch or hold them, but you can still visualize them and their handwriting. I mean, what, what better thing than to see a handwritten note from your parents? I mean, my dad, inscribed books to me as a child and they're books I won't get rid of just because you know he made an inscription to me and um you know I've just saved those because they're so meaningful for for what he said and and his handwriting and and you know the date or what birthday it was or something like that and then to think of your parents just giddy, Kim, and just so excited, like to pull off to the side <laughs> of the road to speak to you right. um, means how much they miss you and how much they value anything that you have to say. And that's, that's a gift, isn't it? Mm, it's just it such really a gift. Is. It really, really is. Yeah. Yeah. And it makes me sad for this time of their lives. I don't know um, how old your parents are, but my parents are both at a really great age in that mm. they're still very agile. They, they're they very healthy. They both have their minds. Um, you know, the, um, they're divorced. They're both married to other people who are the same age, but all four of them are in relatively good shape. And so this would have been, and just recently retired. So they're like, all set around 76. And this would have been just such a great year for them to run around, for, frankly, and to visit us and to see us when they wanted and to do things that interested them. And instead, they were just isolated. And it's lucky that they had each other, but it make, made me so sad for them and miss them so much this past year. So I can imagine how you're feeling. Do you have any plans to see them soon? Um, well, it's all going to depend on, you know, like vaccinations and border closures and all those types of things. Right. So yes. I'm, I'm really hoping in the fall, I'll be able to see them, but um, maybe in the summer, but we'll have to kind of see how things go kind of month by month as we're in different countries as well. Right. right. So, you know, right. each state is kind of doing their own thing. And then also now I'm in a different country, um, in a different province. So, you know, we're going to have to think about all those different things, which is, which is a lot. Yeah. Yes. Well, I hope you get to see them soon. And in the meantime, I love the thought <laughs> of 
the gifts and the, the, the phone calls and them taking them wherever they are. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so it looks like we're only going to have, oh my gosh, I, first of all, I have so many questions for you that have come up. Um, but it looks like for this episode, I'm going to have you back. So listeners, if you want to hear more, I'm going to have, um, Cara back, uh, pretty soon, but, uh, I think we only have time for just one more thing. And I wanted to talk about this because you have a handout and I think it's titled something like 10 tips to enhancing the relationship with your children. Now, one of those tips is about showing up. So it's, it's about realizing how you want to show up in your relationship with your child or your children. Um, two questions here. Sure. First, what do you mean by show up? And then secondly, how does one determine how they want to show up to this relationship or these relationships? Mm -hmm. So um, great questions, Kim. It's, you know, again, getting back to being conscious and being aware, right? So we often think we're acting in one way and we're really not, right? You, you think you're being loving, you think you're being supportive. You're so excited to see someone. What, and this is again, universal. It could be a coworker, it could be your child. But in this, in this example of, you know, you're a parent and your adult child comes to visit you and you're so excited, like you just said, your parents would be, right? We can only imagine how excited they're gonna be, but how do they want you to receive them? is another way to say, how mm. do they want to show up? So how will you be experiencing them? How will you be experiencing that relationship? Because we think we're showing up and relating in a certain way, but oftentimes again, because we're not thinking, we're not aware, we're not in our conscious state. We're kind of in our low brain, not in our reasoning center of our prefrontal cortex. So we, we think we're being loving and we ask a question. Maybe it's the tone of our voice. Maybe it's the question we're asking. Maybe the person receiving it receives it in a way that wasn't intended, but you should be always conscious and aware of those things that you're saying. And if they're matching the way that you want that person to be receiving you. So if your mom's so excited to see you, or if you go to visit your adult child and you're excited to see them, sometimes we do all kinds of things and, and, and who knows the reason why. Maybe we're protecting ourselves. Maybe we wanna prove that we're a better parent than our daughter-in-law is. <laughs> so, you know, even though we're, so excited to see everyone. We come in and that's on our brain as well as being excited to see everyone. So out of our mouth comes something that we never, you know, would have intended. And then we're damaging the relationship. And that happens over and over again. So I think being really clear before you walk into a visit about how you want this visit to go and how you want everyone in this family to receive you perceive you, experience you is something that we don't often think about. And it feels kind of arduous and like hard work, but I would, you know, caution you that if you don't do it, 
they're going to be experiencing you and it might not be in the way that you want. So get that hard work out of the way in the first place, set an intention, set the scene, set the stage, know how you're going to go in and then act upon it instead of acting in a way that you would have never conscientiously um, intended nor, you know, written out in the script of how things were going to go. So really get clear on that so you can be intentional and deliberate in the way that they're receiving you. Does that make sense? Yeah, that's really great. That's really great because I, I honestly, I, you know, like I said, I, I've kept in contact with my parents and I'm really excited to see them and they're excited to see me and there's this, been this big buildup, right? Um, but at the same time, you know, I know that they have changed a little I mean, a lot has happened. There was a big election in the U.S. and then, of course, the pandemic. Um, and then, you know, I've changed a little bit. Like I've gone through, a, you know, a few things in my life—not bad things, but you know, I've I've changed a bit. So, you know, this really gives me something to think about as far as, you know, how do I want to show up? How do I want them to perceive me? How do I want this to go? Instead of just kind of showing up and winging it and seeing how things happen. So I really like that intentional, um, you know, perspective to, to showing up like physically, but also, you know, how, how are you going to show up and prepare for that um, emotionally, mentally, and all of that. So um, that's excellent. That's a great point about the, you know, aftermath of the, of the pandemic, everybody's changed and everybody's anxiety may still be with them. Um, there's, there's certainly things, whatever it is that we went through that are going to be with us. So now instead of just, oh, well, that's just how it is, you know, and you kind of chip away at some wonderful part of a relationship. Why not say, you know what? I know we're going to be together for two weeks. We haven't seen each other for a year. So I'm going to make sure to not get offended if somebody says something or just to ask them, oh, did you really mean it that way? Or could you clarify that? Or, you know what, if I need a break and I'm feeling anxious, rather than just spewing something, I'm going to tell everybody that I need to go, you know, take an hour walk and, and remove myself so that I don't act in a way that, that I don't plan on. So having those plan A's and plan B's and escape routes and protective you know, parameters, parameters and barriers around you before you start relating again, or before you start um, interacting will be really helpful for everyone on the backside of this pandemic. Mm. I think. That's great advice. Well, Cara, thank you again so much. Um, listeners, Cara is on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter. She has a website. She's got a course and she has the podcast mindfulness at work. And I'm going to put all that information in the show notes. And Cara, we're going to have you back. Like I said, I got some questions from, um, you know, our Me Time Midlife community, some very specific questions, but I think that um, a lot of listeners will be able to relate to those. So we'll have you back really soon. Thank you again so much for everything that you shared with us today. And I'm looking forward to talking with you again. Oh, well, thank you, Kim. I'm happy to do it. And I just love your podcast and what you're doing. So I'm happy to be a part of it in any way. Thank you so much for having me. If you find the Me Time Midlife podcast valuable, there are many ways you can support it. The best way is to simply tell your midlife friends about it. It also helps the show's visibility if you rate and review it on iTunes, Stitcher, or simply directly in your Apple podcast app if you listen to the show that way. 
And if you want more me time in your life and continue the conversations we have on the show with other women on a similar journey, consider joining our Me Time Midlife Community on Facebook. Simply search for Me Time Midlife Community in your Facebook search bar or go to metimemidlifepodcast.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening. And until next time, remember, you've been taking care of everyone else. It's your turn to take care of you.